Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated for the Rafael Shleman successful surgery uh, for Rafael Shlomo Ben Galia Veret, sponsored by Dr. Navid Rahmani. I know this was yesterday, and Hashem should bless him. Bezat Hashem with a great recovery. And inshallah, Bezat Hashem, you should make Taneo Arishon, inshallah. Also dedicated in loving memory, Liluni Shmatem, for 19 year old soldier, Sergeant Leah Benun, Alava Shalom. 20 year old soldier, Staff Sergeant Ohad Dahan. Alava Shalom, Staff Sergeant Oa Dahan, Alava Shalom, 20-year-old soldier. Staff Sergeant Ori Itzchak, Alava Shalom. They were all murdered in a shooting attack at the Israeli-Egyptian border by an Egyptian terrorist on June 3rd, 2023. Hashem kom damam. Hashem, to see Mashiach, amen, amen, very soon. Dedicated loving memory of Linda Dayan, Lea Shalom, Nishmat Lea Bat Miriam, sponsored by her son, Murray Dayan. And we understand that we have a, an upcoming siyum. Bezat Hashem. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yesterday we had an upcoming siyum. Today we today we had a downcoming siyum uh, from a masechet sota. Correct. Masechet sota. Fantastic. Oh, some people forget Hashem. They'll study all masechet. Oh, some people always exactly. We had to get the sota involved. We tore a family family apart. No problem. Okay. Breakfast in the class also from Earn the Burn Bake Shop, dedicated in honor of Tamar's 23rd birthday, wishing you a lifetime of happiness and health. Sponsored also by Raymond Simon, Rahamim Ben Sarah for a miracle car accident. Well, the car accident wasn't a miracle. There was a had a car accident, and it was a miracle, and he survived. The difference of uh, placement in a sentence. Uh, the Miz is a tremendous miracle from Hashem, and look what a beautiful thing Am Yisrael does when they see a miracle that happens. They immediately attribute it to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Uh, they want to be able to sponsor a shu'u for the words of Torah. And this is as a seudat hoda'ah for Rahamim uh, ben Sarah, someone I grew up with. Also, a dedicated in, in uh, loving memory, Ms. Lili Safra, Lili Nishmat Leah Batchana. Her philanthropy has reached so many throughout the entire world. And sponsored by Gabriel Amos in honor of Haron Shochet, the pillar of the synagogue. Not just the pillar, because if you put something on one pillar, it falls. Haron is all the pillars. Um, thanking him for all the work he does in front and behind the scenes, as well as making sure everything runs smoothly like clockwork. Also sponsored by Ben Chakshur, dedicated in honor of his wife Limor and in celebration of the birth of their son, Asher Ariel Mazaltov Mabruk. We miss you guys. You were also pillars of the community for so long um, before, uh, before we lost you to, uh, to Great Neck and its environs. Hazaku uh, Baruch for all that, you, all that you were able to achieve here. And we wish you great success over there as well. In loving memory of Sarin Tebeli, Lunishmat Hayasara, Bat Simcha, Aleh Shalom by the Zabidi family, Hashem should provide them with much needed nechama during this difficult time. And finally, the week of Kobru is sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. Hazaku Baruch. Let us begin, my friends. The Pasuk tells us, sorry, Mechila. Uh, the Pasuk tells us, Vayihi ha'am kimmit onenim. And the people were like complainers. That's what it says. Kimitoni, they were like they were like complainers. Now the question is, every other time it tells us what the Jewish people complained about. What exact words they used in their complaining. What other things do you guys remember the Jewish people complained about? Sorry? I don't know what that means. What do you mean Lamatalinu? You mean, why did you bring us added to the desert? No. Which one? 
אבל, אבל על מה התלוננו? סארי, מה אתה אומר? You know what the Pasuk is trying to teach us? That they were complaining and it doesn't tell us what they were complaining about? So I remember, yes! David Ash slams it out of the park. It was inconsequential what they were complaining about. Let me explain what that means when we say it was inconsequential what they were complaining about. I remember a joke that my grandpa used to tell. He, uh, he told me, you know, there's a guy who goes over to his next door neighbor. He says, can I borrow an axe? You have an axe to lend me. Guy says, I'm really sorry. I'm using it. I can't lend it to you. The guy says, oh, what are you using it for? The guy says, I'm shaving. <laughs> he goes, looks at him, very strange. Okay, whatever, he leaves. The fella asks, the, the guy closes the door. The, guy, the, the guy's wife asks him, what are you, Majnun? You're shaving with an axe? What a dumb excuse that is. What do you answer? He says, who cares? It was just an excuse anyway. When a person decides he doesn't want to give you something, the reason is inconsequential. It'll make a difference. The, the logic that they're using to be able to explain why they don't want to do something, they're not going to do something, it's not relevant what they're saying. They already have made up their mind as to what they were going to do. Is that clear? A lot of times you have a person who has made up their mind And you know what you see it the most? You see it the most with little kids. A little kid decides, we're going here, where are you going with the family? You know, we're going here on your day off. You know, what does the little kid say? So stupid, this place is not even fun. Why are we going, it's not even I want to stay home, right? That's the Jewish people in Egypt. It's like, we should have stayed in Egypt, right? This place is so horrible. I hate this place, right? Anyway, the kid's complaining. What happens, you get to the place, all of a sudden there's all these fun things. The kid forgets himself. Until you look at him, and he catches you looking at him, and then what happens, the kid's like that. <laughs> he remembers, he doesn't want to have fun. So he shuts it down. Right, that's how it works. You have people who decide, before they go, if they're going to enjoy themselves or not going to enjoy themselves. My friends, little children are no different than big children. Little children are no different Then adults, adults are just big children. Except that adults are a little bit better at hiding, are a little bit better at giving excuses than I needed the ax for shaving. So we come up with reasons as to why we don't like something, or why we don't like someone. You know, they did an amazing experiment, social psychologists. They did an analysis of how long it takes for a person to decide whether they like or don't like someone. How long does it take? You think 20 minutes, 20 years, 20 days, right? Something. Instantaneously. In fact, they discovered something called micro-expressions. 
Does anyone know what micro expressions are? Micro expressions. That was an amazing guess, by the way. Micro expressions are expressions that you don't even notice. So it's not the guy's smiling. But I don't know if you ever noticed this, where a guy is not smiling, but their eyes go soft. You ever see that? Guy's looking at you like this, hard eyes, and then you say something, you calm him down, and you see he's not smiling yet, but his eyes, they soften a little bit, okay? The corners of his mouth give the tiniest form of a twitch. If I'm doing, if I want to say a joke or if I'm sketching around, so a lot of times I'm able to pull it off that people don't realize that I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm able to say something, you know, a straight face to do the setup for the joke in a minute. You know who I can never fool? My kids. My kids know my face well enough to know that what he just said, it's the setup. He's really he's smiling. We could say, no one else knows I'm smiling, but they do. That's a micro expression. So social psychologists discovered that we decide if we like someone or don't like someone instantaneously. But my friends, you know what a bigger chidush is? There's times when people decide if they like something or they like someone. And you know what? It's not even one second. It's not even a micro expression. They decided before they even met the guy. I'll give you an example of this. I was brought, I think I may have shared this with you a while ago. I was brought to a synagogue in England to speak on the high holidays. Anyway, they dragged me around from minyan to minyan. They wanted me speaking as much as possible. I must have spoke in six different minyanim in the Beit Knesset. I don't think I prayed at all that Rodad Roshana. Okay, when's the last place they want me to speak? They want me to speak in the main sanctuary. The main sanctuary, because it's so many people in the synagogue, the only way you get into the main sanctuary is if you're already a member for 25 years. Mark, I don't know exactly how they're going to define membership in that shul. Not define membership. 25 years they have to be a member in that, in that shul to get a seat in the main sanctuary. Otherwise, nothing to talk about. Now, you can imagine that means that the, the age of the people in the main sanctuary is considerably higher than the other minyanim. Right? It's a lot of older people. A lot of very older people. A lot of people, they passed away already, just nobody told them yet. Stuff like that. You know, like, you know, amazing minyan. I'm, I'm waiting, this is the last minyan they want me to speak in. Okay. I woke up, as I'm walking up to the podium to give the dirashah after uh, Alenu, I see an elderly fellow sitting there, maybe three rows, two rows in the, from the front, right directly in front of the podium. This guy is snoring audibly. Okay? So literally, like, like this, snoring audibly. I could hear it. So I smile. I woke up. I give the speech. The guy sleeps from before I speak until after I speak. Doesn't wake up one time. What wakes the fellow up? Not my dirasha, not the joke, not the story, not the punchline. I'm fairly loud, I think you guys know. I didn't wake him up once. What wakes the guy up? I guess the speech went down. Well, people start clapping. In the clapping, in the applause, how'd that wake? he wakes up. I'm looking, I'm cracking up because I find that very funny. Other people, they find it offensive. There was one guy, he, he made me so I was cracking up on Shavuot. At Shavuot, it's very late start, not easy to stay up. But there was one guy sitting right next to me this year, and he's like this. <laughs> it was this suspense of whether he was going to stay awake. It was so exciting to me, I didn't know. We were taking bets in the right corner. Okay, fine. Right, so this guy snoring right throughout. 
When does he wake up? They cut. Who's sitting right behind this elderly fellow who's a sleeping beauty, sleeps right through everything? Who's sitting right behind him? The young fellow who brought me to speak in that minyan. So he leans forward. Let's say the guy's name is Mr. Cohen. It wasn't. He leans forward. He says, Mr. Cohen. The guy says, yeah. He goes, what did you think of Rabbi Fahi? You know, as a joke, telling the guy, you know, he slept it all day. <laughs> right, but listen to his response. He goes, eh, he didn't do it for me. <laughs> That's a guy. He, didn't, he couldn't pick me out of a lineup of criminals. You know, you know, it was the third guy. There was no, you don't even know who I am, right? He didn't do it for me. You have some people, they made a decision. Sorry? I never mind, keep him awake. I didn't awaken him, <laughs> right? You know, like my friends, you got to understand. This is so important to understand. But here, I'm Kimit Onanim. You want to know what they were complaining about? Who cares? There's a level of complaint where all, what you're looking for is you're trying to find something wrong. You have a guy, it's amazing. You have a guy who has a, a daughter, very close to his daughter. The guy says to me, Rabbi, my daughter needs a shiduch. Okay. I don't really do shiduchim. You know, we have someone here in the synagogue that does, Mrs. Rabbanit Freedom Israel. We suggest if she meets someone, she thinks of someone, she gives them an idea. I don't really do shiduchim. I said, but listen, you know, what kind of guy are you looking for? Anyway, he describes a guy. I said, you know what, actually, it sounds like you're describing someone from our back. And I said, I said, what do you think about this guy? He goes, this is not for my daughter. Not for my daughter. I said, okay, what about uh, this other guy, his friend? who is also very similar, same, not for my, uh, not for my daughter. You know, I'm looking for someone, I said, these guys are very great guys. Not for my daughter, not for my daughter. Anyway, two, three, four, five, what happens? Eventually I realize, who's for his daughter? No one. No one's for his daughter. So I asked him, I said, uh, let me ask you, he says, you said your daughter's waiting for Shaduk for a while. He goes, yeah. I said, can I ask you a question? Um, does anyone come to, to your daughter not through you? He goes, no, all this, everything has to come through me. I said, your problem is not that your daughter can't find a shiduch, it's that your daughter can't find a shadchan. That's the problem. I said, your daughter's not the problem, the young men are not the problem, you're the problem. You're not letting, there's not, you're not allowing, you're deciding before anyone comes into the picture that they're not okay, that they're not successful enough, tall enough, handsome enough, this enough, that enough. There's, you know, there's nothing. There's no option. There's no, it doesn't get started. But here, I'm Kimit Onanim. They were like complainers. What were they complaining about? Irrelevant, inconsequential. They decided they were in a complaining mood. My friends, I love the moments in the Torah where we read something in the Torah which very much relates to us. I, I want to share with it because I think that this is... When you read about the Akedah, it's very hard to relate to the story of the Akedah. Abraham Avinu asked by God to do the ultimate, I don't know. It's not, is that an easy thing for you to think that you could relate to? No, you look at it, Abraham Avinu, wow, unbelievable. The sacrifice, Yitzchak Avinu, that he was willing to allow himself. Unbelievable. But is that relatable? Is there a more relatable sentence in the Torah than this sentence? Rayihi ha'am... They were complaining. They were approaching life, their situation, their business, their partner, their friend, their kid, whatever, as complainers. 
I'll never forget. Never, 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 never forget. I went to a hotel in Israel. And there's a fellow complaining in this hotel, yelling and screaming. I thought the worst happened. It was horrible. Screaming, yelling, embarrassing the, 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 the help, the waiters. Screaming like an animal. I didn't really know what it was about. I didn't want to get involved. You know, this is the type of guy, nuclear bomb. You better stay away. I stay away. I go to the breakfast. I go out and ask for the mashkiach because I want to find out, you know, if everything is kosher enough for a person like me, right? So I want to say, you know, can, I, can you please uh, put me in touch with the mashkiach? I'm now at the front desk of the hotel. Who comes to the front desk of the hotel? Breakfast nuclear guy. Now he's screaming at the front desk. I was like, forget it, okay, had you. You know, it was noise pollution. I go back to the breakfast. I say, I'll try to find him. I come back three minutes later. There's six people around him. Again, he's screaming. Finally, I get close. I want to see what's happening over here. I need to see what is this uh, tremendous problem that this guy did. Did, uh, did, did, did all of his things get stolen? You know, uh, was Hasfi Shalom, one of his children, abducted? There's a big deal. You know, what, what happened over here? I get close to the guy and I hear he's yelling. And who's yelling it now? The chef is there. And he's yelling that the daisa, you know what daisa is? That's not another word for a vacuum cleaner. The daisa, the oatmeal, the porridge, is not hot enough. It's hot? It's not hot enough. Evidently, the way you know if it's hot enough is if you could stick your finger in it. So every time they brought him a cup, he sticks his finger in it. Not hot enough. Screaming, yelling. So I did something that a crazy person like me does. I walked around the breakfast and I counted. How many different kinds of cheese did they have on display? How many kinds of burekas? What did they stuff in between layers of uh, fila dough? You know, there was chocolate and there was apricot and there was this. How many pancakes and falafel and whatever? Just counting all the different objects. The nine types of cream cheese, the 14 types of, of jam and toppings and granola and different kinds of bread. I counted every item uh, 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 that was at breakfast. You know how many items there were at breakfast? 145 items. Hada is losing his mind because one of them is not hot enough. And that became his entire story. Anyway, I was zochet to see the moment that the chef brought it and it was hot enough. <laughs> I don't know if he, what he used, maybe he used the fires of Gehinnam, I'm not sure what it was. But he finally brought him the bowl of daisa. Sets it down, right? Sticks his finger in it. <laughs> now it's like he pulls his finger out. It was uh, daisa shayal soledet bo, okay? Pulls his finger out. Anyway, it's finally hot enough. Takes a bite, and he says, Gol nefesh. <laughs> he didn't like the way it tasted now. Do you understand? Do you understand the production that we went through to get it hot enough? And now what's the problem? He doesn't like how it tastes. Dib. Before you turn the world upside down, decide if you like the way it tastes, just it needs to be heated up. 145 good items. And what does this person see? The daisa is not hot enough. My friends, every person has a decision that they are given in the morning when they wake up. And you know what that decision is? 
what is today going to be like? Is today going to be a good day? Is today going to be a miserable day? Is today going to be an amazing day? You think that what it's going to be is going to depend on what it's going to be. But in actual fact, what it's going to be depends on what you're going to be. You wake up in the morning, you look out the window, you see it's raining, you're like, oh, miserable. That's it, done. Your day is toast. The Am will commit onanim. And we don't need to know what they were complaining about. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. I get emails sometimes from people, they want to complain about something in the shul. I have a rule. If the first interaction that the guy has with me is to complain about something in the shul, I don't bother answering. Whether it's a good reason, whether it's a good complaint, or a bad complaint, I don't bother answering. You know why? Because if the first thing you have to say to me is that you found something wrong before you found anything of the 145 things that you found right, do you know what I know without the shadow of a doubt? Whatever I write in my email, it ain't gonna make you happy. So I don't even bother. A Jewish person wakes up with the words, I'm thankful to you, Hashem, that you gave me my soul back, that I could open my eyes, that I have life in my veins. If I woke up and I'm alive, thank you. It doesn't say, that the weather is 74 degrees outside. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, that today I have a closing. Today, my wife is very nice to me. She brought me breakfast in bed. It doesn't say that. You know what makes us thankful? That we woke up. A person who wakes up that way, there are people who bless. There are people who, they're trained already to always find the most positive things in life. And when someone comes to it that way, then what happens? I want to share with you something amazing, and with this I'll end. The Pasuk tells us that when the Jewish people came to the waters that they complained about, it says that the, they came to the bitter waters. Why? Kimarim hem, for they were bitter. What happens? Moshe Rabenu, God by Yoreo Hashem Etz, God shows him a tree. He throws the tree into the water. And the waters become sweet. I want to illustrate to you this point in, in this story. The Chachamim explained that you know what it means? The waters were bitter. You know why? Kimarim hem. For they were bitter. You already told me they're bitter. You know why the waters were bitter? Because the Jews were bitter. The Jews were bitter. If you're in a negative, angry, bitter place, you know what the food tastes like? It tastes like your mood. That's what it tastes like. My friends, what happens? God shows Moshe a tree. Chachamim tell us that the tree that he threw in, what was it? What would you, you imagine? What turns the bitter water sweet? Sugar cane. Chachamim say that the etz, the tree that he showed him, was bitter itself. And he threw the bitter thing 
into the bitter, and what happens? And the waters became sweet. My friends, what the Pasuk is communicating is something that I think is, uh, is, is very, very simple. The famous story goes with the Baal Shem Tov, and it's apocryphal. Um, the story goes about the guy who comes to complain with his wife about the fact that he and his kids have no room in their tiny house. Anyway, the sage thinks, he says, you know something, I have a great idea. He says, you should bring, you have a farm, bring the chicken in. The guy says, bring the chicken in, I'm telling you I don't have room. He says, trust me, this is a very big segula, very big enyan, you know, the tarnegol, gematria, more room. Okay, he brings the, the, the chicken in, right? Now is the chicken's running everywhere, everyone's squished. Comes back to the rabbi, he says, rabbi is more squished. He says, I hear you, I hear you, strokes his beard. He says, the next thing we have to do, if you want more room, he says, is we need to go and get all the goats, bring the goats in there. He says, the goats, there's no room for us as is. Bring the goats, I told you. Am I the rabbi? You the rabbi. Brings the goats, and goats come in. Now there's even no room in the things, they're jumping on the beds, the chickens in the morning, forget it, they're losing their minds. She says, go back to the rabbi, I hate this rabbi, we gotta find another rabbi. Go back to the rabbi, the rabbi says, I understand what you're going through. He says, I think the cows need to be brought in as well. That might be the, the you know, the trick. They bring the cows and now they're wall to wall, livestock, okay? They can't move in the apartment. They're jammed up against the wall. The smell is terrible. The noise is impossible. Until finally they come back to the rabbi, they're like, Rabbi, forget it. Right, we're gonna jump out the windows in another minute. The rabbi says, take everything out. They take out the cows, they take out the goats. Take out the, cheek, the chicken. All of a sudden, Hadad's wife looks at him and she says, Wow, so much room we have. My friends, that story is the story of Mara. You know what happens when things are not so great? Yeah, any. Imagine as an example, you're not making as much money as you want to be making at work. You're very upset. Life is terrible. Then, Barmanan, one of the kids gets sick. Don't you yearn for the days? For before that, right? imagine someone told you we could heal the kid, no problem. But unfortunately, you're going to be making the same amount of money as you were making, as you were making before this. The guy says, who cares? Who cares? What HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed the Jewish people is, I brought you to bitter waters. But you know what? Now I'm going to show you a tree. And you know what the tree is? It's also bitter. All of a sudden, Now, instead of having two things, that were bitter, the Jewish people looked back at the water and they were able to see the water as sweet. Because you know what? At least when I had only bitter waters, I didn't also have a bitter tree. I didn't also have the bitter, the, the tarnigol, the things, the that. But my friends, it's not just that when you have more tzarot, you yearn for the less tzarot. It's that you realize that you thought you couldn't manage and you thought it was too much and you thought you didn't have it in you. And you know what? You can't deal with one kid and then you have two kids. And you realize, you know what? One kid was a breeze. You're suddenly able to see your earlier situation with new eyes. So my friends, I want to ask you a question. Not that you have a good life. Not is life bad. How are you? How are you looking? How did you decide today is going to be? Is today a good day? If today is a good day in your eyes, then everything that happens today will be seen through that lens. So do we want to be the nation of complainers? Or do we want to be the nation of blessers? I know what I want to be. But the choice is given to each person every morning when they begin their day with Mode'ani. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.